Human beings have been sharing stories for hundreds of thousands of years. And with those stories came the emotional, spiritual, and physical knowledge of the ancients. Shaman Durek, a sixth generation shaman and best selling author of Spirit Hacking, bridges the gap between science and spirituality and brings us back to our roots. He's here to bring forth the ancient wisdom of our elders, to help heal and bring happiness into our modern society. The time has come to end codependency and put the power back into people's hands. Welcome to the tribe. What is the shaman school? No. You're not going to be studying to pursue a career in shamanism or to bang a drum. The definition of shamanism is one who understands relationship. The shaman school offering reminds you how to have a better relationship with things and how to nurture these relationships, whether it be with yourself, the food you eat, the people you meet, your ancestry, community, the global community, animals, nature, and so forth. My goal is to demystify spirituality, to add a bit of science and understanding of how things operate in the energetic planes. The Shaman School's no-nonsense teaching explores all faculties of experience, from the physical, the emotional range, the mental capacity for information, dialogue, lexicon, energy, perception, awareness, how to understand the energy of currency, and so much more. Fundamental education teaches the basics that we need in society, how to read, write, add, subtract, pay our bills, or how to become doctors, artists, mechanics, etc. But the Shaman School is a school that we all should have been a part of, one that offers the additional tools needed to better understand who we are, why we think the way we do, what's going on behind the scenes, and what we are actually seeing and processing. Are you living well? Are you paying bills just to keep the roof over your head? Are you in a relationship but not fulfilled? Satisfaction cannot be lowered anymore by the inability to recognize possibility. Living well means fulfilling your ideas and your goals and your dreams and having the best time doing it. In the Shaman School, I've extracted the best from all of the world philosophies, religions, spiritual teachings, and theories, offering a juice without pulp that will empower your life. The Shaman School invites you to a world where you're able to seize the tools of understanding, where you're able to have fun and have more because you deserve more. Go to shamandurek.com and click on The Shaman School for the first step toward ultimate happiness and an understanding of your truest self. Let's make things easier and not harder for our life. We deserve that. See you soon. The discovery of the consciousness, which is, in my definition, a very fascinating journey to go on because we're always thinking that we already know what consciousness is, or at least that's what a lot of people in the world think. They think the way to progress in life is to get a good job and do things like make money and buy more things and all of that. But that journey doesn't lead anywhere. Not for our planet, of course. I mean, it does if you like to have a lot of nice things. 
but that doesn't mean you're forwarding evolution, right? Because consciousness is the ability to be aware of the multi-sensory dimensions and awarenesses that are present and unpresent and become able to be present with them. And then to recognize the informational intelligence that allows any system, society, culture, or belief to interlink in an experience of these different levels of consciousness without feeling threatened or fearful of a different individual because of a different way of thinking. Like we have to invite new thoughts and ideas to the table. We can't just be one way of saying this is the only way and this way isn't okay. We have to be open to allowing other people's viewpoints and so forth to be seen and heard because they could be other dimensions that we have not yet traveled to or experienced. So that brings me back to the idea of discovering consciousness because when we discover consciousness... It's not just like we're going somewhere and there's a path and it's a road that leads to one, you know, linear destination. It literally is this amazing journey that can lead you to different dimensions, different roads, roads that spin around, roads that go upside down and sideways and forward and backwards and everything. And all of those roads have importance meaning they matter, or should I say they bring purpose to your life, right? So if we think about it, consciousness isn't just something that you develop by reading a book or going to college and getting a degree or taking some workshop or learning from some guru in the mountains somewhere. Consciousness is the ability to experimentate with life in ways that most human beings wouldn't experiment with life because they're staying in this one lane, which doesn't allow you to perceive the multidimensional realities of what is available and what we don't know is available until you actually go into that space and discover it for yourself. So what limits us from doing that? Well, the first thing that limits us is a lot of our routines are governed and set up based on goals and structures of things that we want to get and how we want to get there. We don't realize that the moment we create a goal or an idea of I have to do the step one, step two, step three, step four, step five, step six, step seven, you are limiting spirit from showing you all of the other steps that were available. So they could be step one, step 1A, step 1B, step 1C or D or E or F or G. And these are all different dimensions connected to that one step. But yet, because you were only focusing on the next step and not being open to sharing this journey with spirit, inviting spirit to be a part of your journey, a part of your business, a part of your love life, a part of your friendships, a part of your, your experiences of remembering then you're not really giving spirit a chance to show you this wide, expansive, <laughs> multidimensional, colorful kaleidoscope of creation that exists for us to be a part of and experience if we choose to venture into those places. The other reason that people get in that space where they don't see those multidimensional realities is because they're not looking at 
possibility from the understanding that what they were taught and what they were given as far as their you know education and their authority figures and guardians and whoever was telling them what is possible versus them saying okay that's great thank you but there's more possibility out there that i haven't yet explored so i'm going to start looking at my life as this great adventurer who is going to venture down all types of experiences without limiting myself to just one. And that way you're able to kind of open up different doorways of perception, which then gives you different ways of looking at things, which then gives you different feelings that you actually experience in your body, which will give you different ways of understanding life and learning about different ways to communicate and also different ways in which to listen, which is, I have to say, because I am an adventurer and I am the type of person that I'll go and I'll learn from people to remember their cultures, their religions, their ideas, like whatever it may be. But then I go and I let these things move through me without restriction and then see what comes out on the other end. And what comes out is these beautiful, amazing experiences that create a whole new level of different levels of intelligence and technique and you know just play and express expression and you know all of these really beautiful qualities that we get to harness and utilize on this planet as a human being with our multidimensional spirit so yeah we have a biological spacesuit and yes that biological spacesuit does need food and all of these different things from the elements and so forth but while we're in this body and we're on this planet and we're in this biological spacesuit wouldn't it be like most advantageous to begin to look at life as an adventure and see beyond the limitations of the linear projection of experience versus the quantum understanding of possibility I think it would be I mean, I know it has been for me and I'm sure it has been for you if you're that person, but there's a lot of people in the world who don't. A lot of people in the world who follow the same, same, same because they constantly want to stay stuck in that space so they can complain and say, well, it's not fair. How come I feel like I'm going in a circle? How come it's like Groundhog's Day? Well, it's Groundhog's Day because you're not willing to get off your path. You're so been stuck on your path as a form of security and safety that you don't venture off your path and realize that there's other paths that lead from your path. It just may not be painted the same way your path looks. They may be just a stone pebble path that leads into a forest or, you know, whatever type of path that leads to somewhere else. The point I'm making is, is that there's always paths within paths. And a lot of times people will come to me and say, oh, Shaman Dirk, you know, am I on the right path? I'm like, I don't know. Are you like, I mean, and of course I do know, but like the truth is, is that the reason why I say, I don't know, are you is because I'm not going to give them that information. I'm not going to take your power away from you. I'm not going to tell you something so you can follow something that I choose. I'm here to say to you, well, what do you think? 
Do you think you're on the right path? Do you feel that you're on the right path? Is there something you feel like you're not expressing, seeing, acknowledging, or valuing about yourself in life that is keeping you in that path versus going into another one? I just ask a lot of questions. And I do this with kids too. Like I'll be like, so do you feel like I should ground you? Do you feel like you, what would you do in this situation? Or how would you handle this? Or what do you think about this? And I want to know your thoughts about this, you know? And that's the same thing. It's like, you're not really telling people what to do. You're giving them opportunity to discover it within themselves. Like I'll have people write me on Instagram and say, Oh, Shaman Dirk, you know, can you, I'm having this situation and I was wondering if you could talk to the spirits and you can find out the information for me. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, you do realize that my whole thing is all about like non-codependency and that, you know, we have to be independent lit leaders of legacy, holding down that energy of love for wherever we are on the planet. Because if we become codependent, then we lose our sense of power. And that's uh, one more empowered and then one more disempowered person on the planet who's seeking for the empowered person to basically do the fishing for them instead of them learning how to fish. So my whole thing is to help them go, okay, well, so you want this information. Okay, well, why don't we give you the tools to be able to show you how you can get that information without coming to me to to fix all your problems, but you actually build an investment in yourself of the qualities and that you understand and that you are taking a part of yourself. Those beautiful qualities, those qualities will play out in how you understand your life and the way that you perceive it. So if we're understanding that, right? And we understand the discovery, the discovery of consciousness, right? The discovery of consciousness, it's a lifelong journey. It doesn't have an end. It can go in any which way it needs to go because you're always going to be remembering different levels of and different stages of consciousness depending upon where you are in your evolution and what you have opened up within yourself to be able to do so. There is this kind of layer of human discord that is held in fear, lack, limitation, and scarcity that keeps kind of like a blanket effect on making human beings feel comfortable when they're not really comfortable, but they're comfortable, but they're not really comfortable. Like they hate their job, but they need their job or they're in a relationship that they don't really want to be in, but they're in it. Or like they complain that they don't have money because they don't really want money, but they don't want to admit it. Or, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, I could spend a whole entire time with you talking about that. But that in itself is a major factor of humanity's discord that is causing this energy, right? Blanketed energy that's limiting people from seeing potential and power in a different way because power has been misused and abused on our planet. We have been afraid of our own power because we're afraid that, oh my God, what if I become that person? Or what if I do something like that? You know, I don't want to be that person. So I'm going to be the good person and I'm just going to go around being a good person and then persecuting and condemning people for the fact that I really, you know, felt that I had to change my view of what I am seeing within myself, but in order to do that, I'm going to persecute and put other people down. And that is still a misuse of power. So again, the correct use of power is to be able to be humble and have humility and to be honest and authentic and be aware of what each person is capable and needing and supporting them in the way that they can and be needed and supported without feeling that they have to 
change themselves in order to meet my standards of what I call good or acceptable. The point of reference is, is that good and acceptable is really subjective to each person based on their upbringing, their cultural understanding, their observation of God and the way in which they played and the way they went and interact with their peers in school and, you know, yada, 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 right? So the key here is, oh, I didn't realize that there is a point energy that every human being operates from. And that point energy is, can I relate to you? Do I feel safe with you? And are you like me, right? Because this is how human beings relate interactive behaviors and emotions and connection and friendships and what have you, right? It's the idea that you actually look, feel, and seem like them, which limits us because we go around in these boxes and pockets of clusters together looking for people to represent us in who we are instead of actually connecting with someone who's completely different from us and being able to engage in intellectual conversations that don't need to go into debate because each person can be right about what they are operating from when they are looking at it from a different perspective or a different point of view. There is the essence or the, the quality of humanity that exists within that frame of like, hey, here's humanity and this is what humanity is. But then the subtle nuances of change within humanity makes it so beautiful and so unique and so valuable instead of just being in a one situation where everyone just does the same thing and everyone dresses the same and everyone acts the same. And if you fall out of that, you're considered crazy or whatever. Again, to us, that would be considered crazy or maybe it won't be, but to you or me, I mean, for myself, I think it's crazy. But the craziness is, is it really crazy for someone to actually feel that? Because they could think I'm crazy. So again, it's to suspend the idea of crazy altogether and then to create a new understanding of what that would look like would be for us to come into what we call complete unconditional love and acceptance, right? It's the idea of, I don't know why you are the way you are and why you think the way you do, but what I'm here to do is to love you and accept you and realize that I brought you into my personal space for whatever reason, it, whatever reason it was, is to be able to understand a deeper connection to my feelings and my energies and who I am as the individual in this world and able to create an understanding of this energy from a place of I can experience different things without placing judgments or rules, expectations or labels or boxes and all these different things around it. I can actually experience it and say I'm an experimental evolutionist who's living my life operating in the field of experiencing, evolving, opening up new doorways of perception, experiencing, evolving, opening up new doorways of perception without going into experiencing, evolving, feeling guilty and shameful and bad because everyone else doesn't do it. So I'm doing it. So that makes me a bad person and something's wrong with me because I'm unique and different and weird. And I'm doing something that people say I shouldn't do. And I'm experiencing something that people say I shouldn't do or other people are not doing it. So maybe I shouldn't do it. And I'm going to be outcast and not loved and not appreciated, not valued, not seen, not heard and without purpose. And that is what takes away and sucks away purpose. Purpose is to be created individually as an experience of life that you create based on your viewpoints of what that experience is and what it feels like and how it tastes and you know all of it. 
But instead, what we do on our planet is we're like, okay, here's all the boxes you can check into. And if you don't check into any of these boxes, then something's wrong with you. And it's like that movie I saw, Insurgents. And it's like everyone is born to have a specific skill. But some people are born with all of them and they don't like that because it scares them because it makes them feel that that person's too powerful, too quick, too smart, too everything. And that they want everyone to fit in their perfect boxes of what they are and who they are. And that doesn't work. That would never work for me because I'm the type of person that I'm very eclectic. I'm very outstandingly just about experiencing as many amazing, wonderful experiences that I can experience. Hence the reason why I'm fluid. And the thing is, if I like it, I'm going to adopt it and make it a part of my lifestyle. And if I don't like it, I'll be like, okay, well, I experienced that. I'll do it a couple more times to see if I really like it or if it's just me reacting to my first experience of it. And then I'm just going to let it go and let it be and then go on to something else to experience. But by the time I leave this earth, I would have experienced a lot of things that would definitely make me a well-rounded individual, but evolutionist and someone who's able to understand adaptation. And that would make you a very powerful source of power on the planet because you understand how to adapt. So you're not reacting to all the things that are showing up because you know how to adapt and you know how to move into easier structures for yourself because you know what those structures are and you know how to dismantle them and you know how to write new codes to change the matrix, to be able to bring a new lexicon, to change the matrix, to be able to use that energy to open up doorways to other people's consciousness, to get them not by force or it's not by you're a bad person or you're an idiot or you're stupid for not following me, but by a place of there's so much love here, there's so much joy here, you got to check this out and bring them into that space of this limitless creativity of expression of life. And that in itself, that in itself is worth so much more than any possession material you could ever buy. That in itself is more precious than anything you could ever purchase or take from the earth itself, like gold or any of these things, right? It is the most powerful, potent energy because it is in that moment that you're able to make real connections, not only with yourself, but with everyone else. And it gives you this higher frequency vibration because you're operating as a tonal frequency frequency that is different from all the other tones because you're willing to experience the unknown to get to those aspects. Those energies are still there waiting in the unknown, but to get to those energies, you have to be someone who's willing to look outside of what you've been taught, what you've been schooled and what you've been portrayed in and release that so that you're able to come into a different perspective of, wait a second, I don't have to play along with what everyone else is doing just so I can feel loved and accepted. I love and accept myself right here, right now, right here, right now. That means that I don't have to get love from someone in order to be loved. I have a wellspring of love that I can pour on myself and inject myself with my own love that's there and present. And I can just live and be exactly who I choose to be. But people don't operate in that context. Not all people. I'm not saying everyone is like that. I'm saying there's a lot of people on the planet who don't operate that way. They operate in labels, rules, conditions, and ideas and consciousness that has to do with control and subjugation and fear. And that creates what we call this great limitation for humanity to get off the perpetual wheel or out of the Groundhog's Day and really get into true collective resource. 
resourcefulness in all ways, from the way we educate, the way we eat, the way that we present ourselves to every single thing. And we make space for new ideas and new understandings. And this becomes, you know, this beautiful energy and continues. So we get to move into a stratosphere of thought and desire. And most importantly, the will aspect, the understanding, the deep welling. That is in itself something quite magnificent to see the wellspring of life spring before you because of your willingness to take adventures into the unknown and find those beautiful energies of experimentation and bring them back into into that space of home and what that connection but just complete safety of true safety true safety is to remove the control of the idea of safety true safety is about stepping into the place where you feel most authentically present and place where you feel most loved and cherished not by someone else but by you where you can do that then you can do anything and that is what I learned and that is also how I perceive life and why I don't say no to many things and why I'm open to explore every type of energy and feeling and pleasure and you name it right I want to experience it because by the time I leave earth I am going to be a person who've experienced so much and got to really take life and just enjoy it and love it the way I love you love you Hey Tribe, so the Tribe wants to hear from you. And I know a lot of you are talented out there in music and poetry and recipes and ideas and just, you know, things that you want to share with the Tribe. You can send that information to info at shamandurek.com and share your gifts with the Tribe. Love you all and stay lit. Hey Tribe, we have an amazing, beautiful expression by the lovely, powerful soul, Curtis Lemon. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Curtis Lemon. I'm 24 and I'm from Northern Ireland. I wanted to share some expressions that I've used over the years. If you always do as you always did, you'll always get what you always got. We don't climb mountains so that the world can see us. We climb mountains so that we can see the world. The body is just a box that delivers and carries personality, character and charm. It's never going to be about the packaging. It's always going to be about what's on the inside. And my favourite, my life quote, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. If life throws something bitter your way, use it, make something sweet. Holding anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Finally, My song of the year is Wake Up by Julian the Phantoms. I think it's such a powerful song and everyone could benefit from listening and really listening to the lyrics. So thank you for listening. Lots of love, Curtis. Hey Tribe, we're going to take a short break to hear from one of our amazing sponsors who is Lit Verified. The Lit Verified store is open. 
But what does Lit Verified mean? Lit Verified is an acknowledgement and stamp of approval by the tribe. I have tried each of these products and they are the best. Lit Verified products vary from beauty, technology, clothing, food, health, and wellness, and anything that is ethically sourced, organic, maintained, and sustainable. Not every product offered to the team passes the Lit Verified test. No. Not at all. Every Lit Verified product is carefully researched. Every CEO has been met with. Every ingredient carefully looked into the process production of all of it. I have seen the impact these vendors are making. Their vision and ethics are aligned with our tribe, with people who are consciously supporting community and want to make a difference in our world and make it a better place for us. Lit Verified products are ethically sourced and meet the highest industry standards. When purchasing Lit Verified products, we give back by creating sustainability and by leading the world to make better choices. You can be confident that you're buying into a company that supports a vision for change, not just a company that wants to line their pockets with money. We live in a time where we are oversaturated by commercials, TV, and social media, where far too many celebrities and influencers are endorsing things they know nothing about and things they might be doing damage to people, to the earth, and to animals. With Lit Verified, we've taken that doubt out of the equation. You're not only getting the best, but you're also doing the best. Pick up your awesome Lit Verified items at shamanduric.com and click on the link that takes you to Lit Verified. Love well, tribe. All right, tribe. Time to hear from our special guest. Hello, tribe, and welcome to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And at this time in our life, it's so good to be able to come to a place where we as tribal members and lit leaders of legacy can just show up and glow up and really allow ourselves to listen and be a part of a beautiful conversation that allows us to shift and lift ourselves so that we recognize ourselves in our own autonomy as walking leaders on earth. And that's what it's about having all of you from all over the world come into this beautiful ceremony of love when you arrive here at Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. And I'm very, very happy today because I have a beautiful soul brother who's very close to me and my family. Beautiful soul who's always just shown up in my life and been there. Remington Donovan is a numerologist, Kabbalistic tarot reader, seer and teacher of Kundalini Yoga living in Los Angeles, California. And Remington can tell you more about himself and so much more because we're going to have a really in-depth conversation from the heart and really like, you know, pull the layers back on what's going on and really look at the deep well of information that spirit is bringing up and not only spirit, but what is happening in the wisdom spheres of consciousness. And that's what Remington represents. He represents this wise seer, this beautiful sage who's come here to just show us the reflections that go behind the scenes so that we're able to see, oh, okay, so this is what's going on and this is what's illuminating and this is what's going out. And not to a place of fear, but to a place of understanding. So I'm just really happy to have my brother in studio with me today. Hey, Remington. Shaman Derek, it is so good to be here. And I definitely need to hire you as my PR rep because that was uh, very encouraging and uplifting to hear 
even though some of that's in my bio. But I know we sort of connected a few months ago, right when a lot of these, like even the protests and then what turned into riots right in my neighborhood and sort of been busy getting messages and teachings out. So it's such an honor and a blessing to be here with you and to share our sort of different teachings that we have. And they're always so in alignment. You're always such an inspiration and you really help me stay super positive, especially through these times that we're seeing right now. So you're a blessing. I love you, man. And you're a Scorpio. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) I love you. Scorpio. We all love you. We're Scorpio brothers. Yes, we are. And I think that's important that we have chosen to be in that sign, especially at this moment in evolution on planet Earth, because I think about it now and I think to myself, I really love that I go deep into the places where it's uncomfortable for people to look at or go into. And I'm not even bothered by it. I'm just like, yeah, what is this? Let me go deeper. Ooh, ooh, what is this down here? Oh, wait, what is this mucky stuff down here? Oh, I want to dig myself in there. Oh my God, what interesting information is going on in there? And then I come out and I'm like, not even affected. I kind of just like brush it off. I don't even have to take a shower. I'm just not scathed and not turned, not dented or anything on any level because I just know that that's what we were born to do. We were born to go beneath and then bring back the wisdom from behind the veil. I love every time we come together, we create such a beautiful energy of awakening for people. So yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah, and awakening is key. So I was in Egypt, which was mind-blowing, amazing. I had so many revelations and so much of my incarnation of this lifetime, my purpose and things that I'd been taught and being groomed within the Western mystery tradition from a teenager, everything came sort of, it was a culmination of just my existence. And that was in the temple of Edfu, which is the temple dedicated to Horus, which has been so much of my training and so much of the teachings and so much of what I was taught through that lens about this time, which is a huge, powerful awakening and evolution for humanity. And in the magical tradition, we believe that this is open an over 25,000 year period of truth and liberation for all of humanity and that we're breaking these chains and these cycles and we're breaking the oppression and we're just at the cusp of it. So we're like a couple of seconds in. And I feel like this year we've already seen so much. And it's been really profound in my experience in Egypt. But then I got back and then everything shut down. And then I reached out to you and just our schedule. So it's, and again, it's great to be here with you. I'm glad that you went to Egypt because as you know, Marta, Princess Marta and I, and I'm sure that's why our connection is so strong with you because we had a past life in Egypt as king and queen and her being, you know, my queen Tula and me being Seti. And it's funny because all these very people in my life who are so important to both of us are showing up and we're like, oh yeah, from Egypt, we remember you. And so it's really nice that you've been there. And I always want to ask you about your experience in Egypt because I used to live in Cairo. And, you know, when I was in Egypt, I had a bunch of friends come over and they literally, I took them to the pyramids and they had these intense symbols and downloads and energies were vibrating through them and memories being restored and all of this really connective frequencies were actually finding each other in their entire consciousness inside of their brain was unlocking these codes that were helping them remember 
their journey and walk and why they're here and what their journey is. So when you just said that, it was like amazing because I'm like wondering, did you have that same experience? Did you feel that connective aspect of your synapses opening up those lines of information that allowed you to kind of just step into that multi-universe of awareness of yourself? Okay. <clears throat> One million percent. And I will say that Egypt is no joke. And the energies there and the energies that are just ready to really be activated and awakening, it's profound and it's real. You could feel it in the air. And I had the opportunity. We managed to get a lot of private access and we were meditating. It was a, a group of us and we were able to do some chantings and some of my spiritual practices and so there was an elevated group energy, but I could say in the Great Pyramid, which we were in there, at, it was like three in the morning, which is, you know, most spiritual traditions recognize that before sunrise is a very heightened and powerful time for meditation and for spiritual practice. And you'll hear many like artists and scientists like get all this work done at those times. And while I was in one of the pyramids, we went to several pyramids, but the great happened to be the great pyramid chanting. I had this whole energy come through and I kid you not. And I'm pretty down to earth about all of this stuff. And yeah, you are magic and things <laughs> like that. I mean, I go out there, I just try to be kind of real about it, but I started hearing, I swear in my life, it was the god Horus. Horus represents the falcon. And Horus is just very integral to my spiritual training. Many incarnations, but especially this one, Horus is the falcon, is the avenger, and is the one who is bringing the light back to the planet. And I could hear these shrieks, like almost brain-piercing shrieks after activating these chants. And I think it would probably been many thousands of years that ago since someone in a group really started activating those sound currents. And it's taught that that pyramid is one of the energetic portals and centers that also connects the entire planet. And that frequency went out so intense. And I could hear Horace just like coming alive. And I knew it was real because I asked a few people and nobody else heard it. So I knew that that was my authentic experience. But then right after that, going to the Sphinx, like that was probably one of the most like quote unquote spiritual highs I'd ever experienced. And then I meditated within the little area of the Sphinx, like in between where the paws are, if you see pictures of it. And it was beyond mind-blowing, but all of these different areas and sacred sites that I went to, it was one experience after another. And for me, the real height and the real pinnacle was Edfu. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to be there, but that's a magnificently preserved temple. It's the temple dedicated to Horus. And like I said earlier, my entire incarnation just came into its purpose and its being there. And the, what I was taught is that we're in the eon of Horus. And this is from my magical heritage. And that this frequency and shift in consciousness loosely started in 1904. Regardless of the exact time we're in that frequency. And Horus is considered the avenger of the light, meaning that we've been ruled by oppressive dark forces for a long, long time now. 
and Horus is restoring that balance. And I'm sure you, I know you're aware of, and even just new agers understand that there's a new consciousness and a new frequency and an uplifting happening on the planet. And I think the veil is getting thinner and people are waking up big time now. And another really cool thing that happened while the group of us were in Egypt is we went to some of the Coptic churches there. Mm-hmm. And the one that has a chamber, these are right in Cairo. Yep. Um, we went into this chamber that the teaching about this chamber is that Christ actually was there. So the Coptics, the Egyptian Coptic church teaches that Christ and Mother Mary came through Egypt. And what's interesting is I didn't know anything about the Coptic tradition, yet I was taught those same things in the magical tradition. And there was a chamber underground that they were reported to be in. They believe it there. And when we went into that, I mean, my heart just opened. People were crying I was tearing up and that energy was so evolved and so heightened and so forgiving and so loving and so compassionate and just mesmerizing. And that was the same day that the Schumann resonance frequency uh, spiked to its all-time high from about like seven, eight-ish hertz to I think it was a hundred and I want to say like 170, 150, I'd have to look it up, but it was the record high and the Schumann resonance frequency sort of tracks this global electromagnetic poles and things like that. And so whether or not I'm saying it's us, because I don't think that way or think that I'm that important or self-centered, but there was some alignment being in that space and that is the same time that that happened. And then it spiked again the next day while we were in what's called the Bent Pyramid, which is an exhausting journey to the chamber. And Bent Pyramid is supposed to be a healer of sound current. And I was able to meditate and chant in there again. And I was able to get some private access. But if anyone, like even getting into those pyramids is a challenge. And those, oh, yeah. those tunnels are very low. And I was taught that that is so you are in a perpetual bow of reverence to go in. And it's Mm -hmm. also just a challenge, right? Like real spirituality is going to challenge you. It's going to confront you. And it's not just about, oh, these, uh, we have to have those hard conversations. That's been a hot topic lately, but it's about mentally, physically, emotionally, intellectually, you need to be pushed and challenged and that's how you're going to grow. And just entering those sacred spaces are its own meditative challenge, which if you've been in there, you know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, going back to when I was living in Cairo, there's a huge Coptic Christian community in Cairo. Yes. You know, and the reverence of the Coptic Christians are really governed towards the understanding of the heart devotion, which is very different from a lot of other Christian societies that I've been a part of or witnessed because they're really operating in that field of the heart so you usually, when you're around them, you can feel this really like beautiful, grounded love awareness, which is really beautiful. But also I think too, like, you know, you were talking about Edfu. The thing is, is that there is a, how do we call it? A grid that takes place in Egypt and every place where there is the temple and where all of these pyramids are set up, the grids, the way that they were built is it would build on these grids so that every temple in every place is giving energy to the other. 
So it's all connected. And when you're talking about the bowing or being lowering of the head, a lot of times people have this idea of spirituality is about standing up straight and like keeping your chest up high, but that's happening in spirit. The bowing of the physical form, which is the reverence of the devotion of self, which is reverence of the devotion of the likeness of God through you, is allowing you to recognize that the physical form or the physical identity or the physical teachings or the physical knowledge is literally limited when the physical form is operating in an upward standing position and that the understanding of true devotion of to bow down, to lower one's head is not in submission, but into the understanding of that the physical presence is just the vessel, but the spirit is the one that stands tall from within. So I totally understand what you mean. And, you know, in my life in Egypt, I mean, I wasn't the greatest person, I can tell you that. That's why I had to go to Israel in this lifetime and really spend a lot of time with the Jewish culture and the Israeli culture to really kind of bring love and healing into them for the things that I did at that time when I was Pharaoh and looking at how me and Martha, Princess Martha and I ran the kingdom and we didn't run it from just a place of love and grace and you know, all these things, you know, there was a lot of it being directed by a lot of these ETs that we had to pay homage to for them to be able to give us a certain amount of power. And so the the sacrificing and the rituals and all of these other deep awarenesses that me and Marta remember were very important to what we've come here to do today. And, And it's interesting that you went there at the time right before this whole situation, because I recently want to have counsel with the horsemen of petulance. And I had to open up the Egyptian seals to get access to Anubis, who gave me access to the horsemen of petulance. And the horsemen of petulance, I asked, and why, you know, how long are you going to keep this plagues going? Like, what is your plan for the earth? And, you know, and all these things. And the thing that the horsemen of petulance said to me is that it's going to go for years, And it's not going to be like this quick thing happening and it's going to go for years and that people are going through a resurrection and a death. So those who want to leave the earth and don't want to come into what's coming and what's showing up is going to get an opportunity to move through the Stargate and leave the planet. So they're going to get sick and they're going to leave. And the ones who are going to stay, they're going to insulate themselves within certain places around the earth. And then they're going to be those who didn't, uh, how do you say, complete what it's called the cycles of awareness, they're going to actually go off to hide in nature and replenish themselves to prepare themselves because they're not ready to step in to hold the anchoring spaces. And it's not based on like, they're not good enough. It's just, that's just where people are. And what the horseman of Petulin said to me was that the energy is going to continue by the eve of the second sun. Well, the eve of the second sun in the ancient way that I understand it from all the times that I've lived in ancient times is two years to three years. So that's a lot of intensity. And then you going there, you know, also is like you having to return there to do those chants in those places to activate certain energy. So we're all being sent to where we need to go to be able to prepare for everything that is coming. And what I was also told from my ancestry on my mother's side, which is the Viking side, the Norwegian side, which is where my deep, deep magic comes from, because I have the magic side from the Yoruba side, but the Yoruban side are pockets, like all of that stuff are pockets of what was the old magic from the old times, old, old, old magic. And what they told me was that I have to 
to join with my brothers and sisters to erect magic back on the planet into the consciousness of humanity or that these greys that everyone thinks is reptilians that are doing things when it's actually the greys who are using frequencies and distorted frequencies and doing everything they can to scatter our frequencies using the 5G and all these different things and the devotional rituals they're doing with the sacrificing of children and utilizing their blood to emulating the fear energy because the fear is the virus that the system uses, that these greys use to scramble our brains, our emotions, and our awareness from seeing and knowing who we really are as this sovereign being that we represent. So it all makes sense why you had to be there. And I 100% get it because me and Marta were recently talking about how we keep getting visited by the different Egyptian elders coming and talking to us, being like, you know why you guys were brought together you know why you were brought to be in the royal family and you know why you were put into a family from the old magic and the magic of Africa and to come together. So to hear you say all these things, it's just a confirmation of, yeah, spirit sent the sage to Egypt, which is where you come from, which is where we all were coming from as a family, you to go and activate those energies. So you weren't on a trip. You were actually going with a specific reason to be there. That's powerful, bro. Absolutely. I was very fortunate that I've been taught a lot of the ancient Egyptian teachings, again, through what is people coin it the Western mystery tradition, but it's not really about East or West. That's It's pretty ridiculous. But the ceremonial magic, hermetic, magical, mystical Kabbalah sort of lens and then that structure, which magic, I always teach, is really recognizes the seed of truth in every tradition and what we look for. And we have the ability to use the magic, the essence of the spiritual teachings, that which gives someone a spiritual transformation. And many systems and teachings have that. So even with mystical Kabbalah, I can go into any system and and really gain an understanding and utilize it. But the techniques and practices I was taught that I still utilize now and I teach and even through the numerology and something called gematria, which is a Hebraic form of numerology that is how I go very deep. The ancient Egyptian was so rooted in my psyche. It's clearly from many lifetimes, but I really was very blessed to have actual training in it. And the thing is, so much of my spiritual training, I feel like, was for these times that are hitting now. And mm-hmm. and what you said, though, about sort of pestilence in this timeline, and some people may choose to not necessarily make it. In the magical tradition, we're taught the law of the strong. This is our joy and the joy of the world. And a very antiquated interpretation of that being strong means domination and submission and subjectivity of others. And that's just bullshit. (laughs) Even in the Bible, when they say you have dominion, humans have dominion over the planet. (laughs) That means we're the caretakers. Exactly. And we're the givers and we're supposed to elevate. Here's the reality. This is the time that people have to energetically do their best to really get it together. There's Rosicrucian prophecies. And I did a whole talk on April 22nd. So it turned out it was a 444 day. And so everybody loves like angel numbers, right? Every, like I get it constantly because I'm a numerologist. I love all the messages, so don't stop. But I do get a lot of funny messages. I'm seeing this number, that number. What does it mean? I will say when you're seeing a lot of triple numbers, it does imply a sort of synchronicity and your life is a good sort of harmonic flow. 
But 444 is a pretty intense number. And that was also the same day that Jupiter and Pluto conjoined for the first time. I think it was hundreds of years. But 444 in the Rosicrucian tradition, which is loosely connected to a lot of the magic that I was taught and that I practice. And 444 is the number, it's the plague of frogs. So exactly. So it's a, there's an energy of a plague, but there's also a deeper hidden teaching that says that within the context of that number, that we have to have our bodies and our minds be very fit and our glandular system has to be very fit because the shifts and changes in energy of evolution are so big and so intense. We have to catch up. Now, not to sound dark, but there are more hidden teachings and magic about this exact time that it says the unfit shall be thrown into the discard. And that's exactly what you just said. And I'm not cold and callous, but I really am trying to encourage people to maintain their empowered connection with their own spirit and their own divinity. And the magical teaching is that this awakening is called the crowned and conquering child and that the new Messiah for humanity is each individual's personal connection with God, with divinity, with spirit, that we can access that. And that's a huge shift because we've been living on a planet where others try to always control others and we're seeing a massive power play happening. And there's these last old oppressive styles of rulership and consciousness are coming in, just like you said, even living and being having an incarnation in ancient Egypt and ruling. There is a level of oppression and domination and that dominion. And now that that's breaking, those energy frequencies, whether it's greys, I know it as the armies of Set, the dark forces, they're still they're still grasping for control. Oh, and big time. They're imploding this whole time, really trying to encourage people to be self-empowered. It's even financially is a big deal. Like we've taken away opportunities for people, for so many people to thrive financially. So you're creating so much scarcity. And that once your existence is just, I can barely live week to week, hand to mouth, whatever, you don't have time to say, how do I evolve? You're so caught in the scarcity of survival. And this is where prosperity to me is very important. And we are awakening prosperous times. And I think the way I was taught is this is the time to choose a different timeline. One of my teachers says we're going through weird timelines and there's shifts. There's dark alien timelines. There's glitches in the matrix. And I keep talking about this. Many people have been noticing like their electronics and their devices like work for shit right now. But there are things happening and timelines intersecting now. And a lot of it comes through the Temple of Abydos, which is called the Temple of Seti, which is in very rural Egypt. And I don't know if you've had the opportunity to be there, but it takes hours and hours by bus, Mm -hmm. like way in the middle of the desert. It's hard. Most people don't go and it's kind of sketchy. There's Egypt, like Egypt's pretty intense, just the country itself. (laughs) I know. It's intense. That's why I moved. (laughs) I mean, intense, like, I mean, just like the political organization of Egypt. And I've met so many beautiful souls there. There's coming from like, I'm in an American Western, you know, perspective, you know, the poverty. It's bombarding. I had it. It's very very bombarding. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. But that temple 
is also the temple that there's the hieroglyphs of the UFOs and the helicopters. And that was a huge awakening there. There are teachings that say that there were stone slabs there that governments around the world have pulled out holographic images and have seen timelines of all the different world leaders and presidents and things like that. And that everything was pre-planned and predestined and that even these concepts of the Illuminati and whether you want to say Illuminati or there is energy frequencies, grays, armies of set. Yes. Uh, once set turned dark, these dark forces, I personally believe that a lot of that chain started within that temple. And if you look up the Temple of Abydos, it looks like a building that could be in Washington, D.C. And it's pretty amazing to see that. But I've heard, and I haven't experienced this, but I totally believe it because this timeline holograph and world leaders all ended and Hillary Clinton was chosen to be the next ruler, and then that didn't happen. So right now, that timeline's got disrupted. That timeline of control is getting broken, it's getting torn down, and they're fucking running. Right. Well, you know what I know from all my other existences, and also from this one as well, is that, and the reason why I actually even chose to come to Earth for this amount of time that I've uh, returned many times in different forms is because... In our universal galactic field, meaning other planetary realms and dimensions, there is certain planets that have been taken over by beings and turned into planets where they are being subjugated and enslaved so that there is a line frequency of darkness that returns to a certain area in space. Kind of like if you have like one circle and another circle and another circle and another circle. And you put like a line to each of those circles, it creates a grid. And so these beings, what they're doing is they're creating this grid. If they complete the grid, they can shift our universe and this other universe into one another and take full domination over those universes. But the one thing that has not been able to shift the grid because they need one planet to be able to shift to make that whole entire grid alignment complete, to open up the Stargate like a black hole, as you would say, to pull that in, to pull one universe into another universe so that they can dominate those, that field is Earth. And Earth Damn. is the one that it's the last piece on that puzzle. And what's so interesting to me, and that's why I love movies like Star Wars and all these different things, because I remember watching Star Wars and my sister was watching me and she's like, why are you nodding your head? And I was like, because that's why I came here. Because I have to be the person who trains people in that Jedediah consciousness, which we know comes from Persian culture. But that understanding of being able to not be affected by the darkness so much that you can walk through it and you can manipulate it so that you're able to get people to utilize that so that we don't let this planet be taken over. And so... One of the things that they've been using that I remember they did in Atlantis, which made Atlantis fall, was instilling what is called, you know, like a virus through what people of the unseen. So these unseen viruses, such as fear, that basically take over your brain and your ability to hear properly and your ability to feel properly. And then they can actually start scrambling the information inside of your technology to have you become a puppet. So when I see all these people who are playing out like Hillary Clinton or all these different people or whoever it is that, you know, and some people can get offended or hurt by all this information. 
but it's okay because I have to deliver it regardless. I know that that's not the big picture. The big picture is being able to dominate this as the last puzzle piece for that black hole to open and pull that universe into another place. And I also know that the role that is necessary right now, that's the reason why I want to visit the horseman of petulance because the horsemen's are real. And I know that being able to speak to the horseman and speak to the other horsemen and ask them, okay, so tell me about the plague. Tell me about the death. Tell me like, what is it that you've been activated to do? Because the horsemen's only come out when the activation of consciousness is collectively gathering for them to come out. And so if horseman of petulance is running the plagues of the earth right now, and there's supposed to be uh, seven plagues, and you're talking about it in the sense of the frogs, which is, reminds me of the time of those who, my predecessors in, in Egypt, uh, in the time of Moshe and the time of when Ramsey was doing what he was doing with the black priests and keeping those people enslaved and tortured and so forth, being able to support these beings who have been ushering that consciousness through Egypt, through Samaria, through all of these different times. It's interesting to be able to witness and to see, okay, I'm not, my thing right now is not to focus so much on people's marches of Black Lives Matter and all these different things that people are doing, because I know that a lot of these things are not the big thing to a lot of the social discords that are happening on the planet to really get people to learn magic, to remember it, not to learn it. Cause when I say learn, I mean, remember to remember magic and to remember the invisible planes. But in order for that to happen, I have to get people to get the labels off of them and to get this sexual energy out of them because the sexual oppression, which is the gateway to accessing those frequencies, those energies, this sensual aspects of the cosmic vagina, the penetration, the energy illumination of orgasm, the connection to joy and bliss has to be recognized in order for those informations to be seen. Well, okay. I have so much to say on this and wow and holy yes and fuck. And (laughs) even though it's like a slightly different language, it's this so much what I've been working with and what I have been taught and I'm starting to share some of this with the world more. But I do want to, before I forget, that sort of cosmic, the universe in the magical tradition is uh, the goddess Nuit. N-U-I-T, sometimes she's called the goddess Nu. And U has a numerical value of 11. And 11 is the number of the infinite. And her spiritual teaching, and this is so much of my training, and most, what a lot of people may not know, there's a lot of magical, like Western mystery traditions. The way I was taught it is very goddess oriented, and we sort of surrender to that energy. And that the goddess knew it, who is the energy that's awakening now as well, is her teaching is that she wants us to have a life of ecstasy. And so even when you talk about sexuality, it's beyond just like getting your rocks off, it's like having this sensual, amazing, fulfilling, loving, true experience with your entire existence. And that's what's trying to shift on the planet. And even these sort of dark timeline agendas, and you talked about the fall of Atlantis. I was taught too that one of the reasons Atlantis fell and was able to sort of have those dark energies take over is because they got so advanced that you kind of get, you know, you kind of get a little fat and lazy. Right, you have wonderful technology. <laughs> oh my god, you're killing me! But, no, but now, you're not killing me. You're making me more alive. 
Really? But now, <laughs> again, it's like when you do comedy, they're like, I killed it. I killed everybody. I'm transforming. The sort of fat and lazy, just being a lazy putz, essentially. And that's what's happened. We're being forced inside right now. For example, we're being forced not to exercise in most countries and sort of all of that. And we're being disconnected. The dark forces want to separate us. And people are getting so trapped under just what they see in front of their eyeballs and on social media and social justice warrior implosions. Yes, the world needs to change, but my concern is that people are so caught up in one movement or the other that they're forgetting that we need to liberate the whole planet. It's not just a specific small group of people that have oppression. We still live in a planet where people are being physically and brutally oppressed. That is true. But to awaken everything... We can't just get lost. And I was incarnated and I've had many incarnations. My job is to carry these sacred teachings and these secret magical teachings and to keep it through. These teachings mm-hmm. have existed. They've gone through the French Revolution, the American Revolution. Like everyone is so caught up in this election in America. It's mind boggling. <laughs> And I'm like, well, guess what, assholes? In fucking four years from now, there's going to be a whole new set of people and everyone's going to be like, this is not an election. This is about good or evil. People are allowing themselves to get so taken out and so triggered and so stunted Mm. by their Mm. own rising of their own resentments and their own anger. Mm. And now it's like, I would like joke. I'm like, imagine it. Like, what if I just said, hey, I'm voting for Trump or I'm voting for Biden or whatever the case is. I really try to stay neutral on that ground because everyone has access to these teachings in my, for me. And so I want anyone to be able to come to me. But the divide and the, what I was taught is just, I'm adding to what you're saying. The dark force is anything that separates us and divides us. Mm-hmm. And we see division and people are falling for it hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. Now, I have shared this. and I, <laughs> I don't like to share these teachings, but I've been talking about it. And I lost a fair amount of Instagram followers. And then Instagram sort of soft censored a video that I made, meaning people couldn't share it, but they didn't take it down. And I went into some deep, dark numerology of these times and even the number 846, which is the time with George Floyd, that is the time that that police officer was having his knee on his neck. So 846 has been sort of cemented into the psyche. Well, I went into a deep numerology dive in that number. And that number means to kill, to thwart, to enslave, to burden. And so I was always taught these dark forces set up mass ritual. And yep. now people are using that number. I hear of yoga teachers doing meditations at eight minutes and 46 seconds. Well, 846 is a profoundly destructive, intense number. And so now these forces are getting people to operate on that frequency of destruction. And we see it. My entire neighborhood got burnt down. I don't know if that's helping you. I understand that you're black on skin color, right? And you and I, we don't really delve into a lot of race things. Uh, At least between each other. But, you know, I'm just seeing that resentment, that anger, and that destruction. And I was blown away about how dark the number 846 is. But the other thing that I was taught many, many, many years ago is that the dark armies, for lack of, you know, think of the mythology of it, whether it's an army, but dark energy patterns, right, that have been jockeying for control and have had control of this planet for thousands of years. When they're being defeated, their only recourse was to run to caves as Horus, the light, the avenger of the light. Mm -hmm. This is the teaching. I was taught that this is, we're on the cusp now. 
Mm-hmm. The eye of Horus, the opening of the eye when the sun, it, when the sun comes exactly. forth. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that light's coming through. What is guru? Guru just literally translates as, you know, bringing the light. And when you're brought into the magical tradition, you now have one, you walk in the light. And the thing is, these dark forces, the mythology is they retreated to the caves and their only defense is that they had to wear masks. Right, so they had to just scare you with their masks, and I feel like social media is just a mask, and people are literally being forced to retreat and wear masks in most parts of the world and most of the world for a long time. We're still seeing it in Los Angeles, and we can get into a whole thing about. I'm not even going to get into like COVID, what I believe and don't believe. I've decided to keep some of that stuff personal. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. The freaking virus, (laughs) the real virus. To me, is fear and separation. Thank and you. And a Thank dark you. Force is trying to separate us. Absolutely. So even our heart frequency radiates out at six feet, and now we have to all stay six feet away from each other, and so we don't have the electromagnetic field of the hearts connecting with anybody now. Exactly. So I this mean, is like you were saying ugh. about Atlantis, right? A dark force separated people, and then you're like, "Well, I'm just going to get lazy," and now. We're all stuck in the house. Like, I mean, I've been fortunate that I've been able to keep working and I have my own little media thing that I do. I can live and work really from anywhere, you know, even if it's just binge watching a lot of shows. And I love watching shows and things like that, but like people are losing it and people are depressed and alcoholism is skyrocketing, suicide, things like that. And it's that fear and separation. That's the virus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I actually wrote an article about it recently in one of my blogs on my website. And you know, it's interesting that you talk about that because I have memories of all of the different times that I've been in different bodies. And I always find being in the body very fascinating because like sometimes I have breasts and I have a vagina and sometimes I have, you know, a penis and sometimes I don't have any of those things. And every time I'm in a body, I'm like, oh, this is the body. Yeah, okay. This is my, my, my suit that I'm in today. Here I am. You know, here I am. And I'm, I'm not just one being in this body. I'm so many spirits in this body. And usually when people look at me and I'm looking at them, they don't realize they're looking at many spirits watching them. And literally when I think about the conversations I remember having, and I remember there was one conversation I had because I was a, what we call a chancellor of, of elders in Atlantis, which is someone who oversees the inner feelings and frequencies of the people within Atlantis to so that balance maintains. And I always, I'm not the one who takes action on it. I'm the one who brings it to council and brings it to discovery. And I remember going in the great halls in the great center hall and speaking on behalf of these beings that were giving a lot of the Atlantarians these new technologies that they were sharing. And I was a hybrid. So I was half of Atlantarian, half of the ET colony that was merged with the Atlantarian consulate of the the main uh, people in the city of Atlantis. There were some hybrids and there were some who were originally born in Atlantis. So for me, my intellect was much more different than some of the other ones. That's the reason why I was a chancellor of that energy, because I can sense inside of living things. And so when I brought this information to like, why are you utilizing their technology? And so much to the point where you're becoming so obsessed with it, you're taking away the way in which we were raised by our elders to maintain Atlantis. And they just kept going and going and going. And I remember, I remember 
I remember the things that I said to them about their need to constantly feel that. And so when I look at the world today and I see this whole needing to keep progressing beyond the place of where we step into that place of true, I call living humbleness, which is like being comfortable with that nature gives us what we need. The water gives us what we need. Every elemental is giving us what we need. We don't need to keep accumulating new technologies and so forth because we feel like, where are we trying to get to? Why are we putting rockets and spaceships into outer space when we can't even handle what's on earth? How are we going to handle connecting with another species if we were to come across it, which we won't because they're, of course, not going to let us because of the fact of how we're still operating in that aggressive place of not acknowledging the level of devotion and intimacy that we all need to create. And like, and so when we talk about liberation, you know, I was really funny because, you know, I studied the Bible left, right side, upside down and backwards in the Torah and when I lived in Israel and so forth. And when I remember in some of the scriptures in the Bible and talk about, you know, heaven on earth, you know, and I remember one day I was fasting for like three weeks and I was just fervently in prayer and in just in complete devotion with my head bowed down to the earth. And literally the message I got was from Angel Zadkiel. And Angel Zadkiel said to me that heaven on earth is not us being heaven on earth. It is heaven on earth as you as the liberator. You are the liberator. And you have to liberate all attachments, all labels, all ideas and concepts about what it means to be whatever biological space you're in, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man, what this is, what that is, what my sexuality is. All these things have to be completely liberated for you to be the heaven vessel. And then the other thing that was told to me was that also came through from Zadkiel was that human beings love their chains and their bounds and their bonds. And that if I am going to engage with human beings from a place of fighting them to get out of their chains, it's only going to make them lock their handcuffs and the chains stronger. And so in order for me to create real change, it's not to react, but to observe and see behind the frequencies of intellect that they're holding on to, which is I love my oppression because it makes me feel safe. But then at the same time, I'm stuck in reaction. So I can't even see that I'm in my chains. So it's like human beings constantly fighting themselves. And one of the things that I have taken from that experience, even in myself, because when people, when we were talking about like people having you know, this connection and it's not about this sexual energy, it's about this other energy that's coming through that you're talking about from this goddess. And it's true because literally when I'm with someone intimately, it doesn't matter if I'm with a man or a woman, my whole thing is worshiping God. It's so the level of pleasure and presence and connection and awareness is not just held in the physical form. It's held in the spiritual, it's held in the mental, it's held in the emotional, and it's held in all of the multidimensional aspects of themselves. And one spirit said to me recently, they said, Dirk, if you don't want to stay on the planet, that you exist on this planet in other bodies. So you can elect these other bodies of yours to carry the helm if you want to go and be one of the multidimensional aspects of you in another realm and leave this physical form and have another physical form that it's already you carry out you know, what it is that you've come here to do. It's your choice. And I said, nope, I want to stay as Shaman Dirk in this body. And even though I'm aware of my other selves on this planet and I know what countries they live in and I know where they're at, 
I still want to be holding this space because right now in this embodiment, I understand how much magic is available hidden behind the the seals that are all around the earth that need to be opened at a certain time for humanity to step into their power to overthrow this fear, to overthrow this energy through, not by just overthrowing it, but through alchemy. And so for me, and the reason why I love you is because even when we just talk together, we're creating alchemy for the people. This alchemization of people learning how to alchemize fear into power, fear into magic, fear into love, fear into higher technological input and intel for their biological systems is really what I'm focusing on for us to be able to move out of this experience and into a place where those beings who want to try to get this planet to be the last puzzle piece so they can open up that black hole is not going to happen. It's not happening. And... I've been trained and specifically taught and to do the work to not allow it to happen. And what's blowing my mind is I'm seeing too such a movement of anti-spirituality. And I'm sure you probably hear these. I always hear the words, like the buzzwords are like spiritual bypassing. I'm always dismantling that one. Oh, yeah. And, and gaslighting. Right? So there's such a dark movement. It's Resonating. Like a, How about resonating? You got to... You gotta, <laughs> I don't resonate with that. Right. Yeah. But like spiritual bypassing, like not being aware of other dimensions and there's a whole other bigger picture happening and it forces people just to only see what's the 3D in front of them. And it's so funny because that's the spiritual teaching of the actual fucking devil card in the tarot. The Mm -hmm. devil card has this huge third eye, but the only thing the devil sees is the three-dimensional. It's in third eye, open to nothing abstract, no subtle energy realms, nothing that's hidden behind the scenes. And people, these social justice people love throwing that word around. Or that if you have spiritual teachings, you're just gaslighting people. That's like what powers on the earth that we know that go in to try to overthrow any society. What's one of the first things that people, they try to take away? is access to their spirituality. Yep. And we've seen why they were scared of Socrates. Like from communism, and we see those movements that say, let's remove people from the tools that give them the ability to connect with their spirit and to be empowered. And now the frequency has changed. We don't have to go to churches and synagogues and things like that. I mean, some people do that and that's their, that's what, you know, they get their fulfillment. But it's interesting even to see like churches and places of worship shut down, but those words are removing people. And I'm seeing so many attacks on spiritual communities and spiritual growth and spiritual societies now. And it's always is happening, but I want to backtrack on something you said about the sort of alien timelines and the frequencies. And I've started to talk about this more publicly and I've had a lot of experience with uh, contacts of aliens. This is, and it often happens generationally and I'm speaking about it more because more people have been reaching out to me. But one of the, the contracts that a lot of people have, and I have had contact and it comes through, it's multidimensional, and it, which also includes the three dimension. And this, like here I am incarnated on planet Earth and rotating around the sun. But there, there's a whole high beings of, and hybrids uh, being born 
And that what they need from certain people is the energetic and what I was told and one of my roles is the emotional frequency, right? So you take the emotional frequency of planet Earth and you have to mix a little bit of that with these frequencies of these very high beings because some beings get incarnated into this realm and dimension. It's like, oh, fuck, and you just shut down. And it's too intense that we don't, we, and it's like you said, we sort of get used to the oppression. We don't understand or many of us don't know true liberation. Mm-hmm. And it's like this vast Stockholm syndrome. It's like the movie The Matrix when, when they, uh, you know, which is essentially this tale of the entire world is an illusion and, and just a computer program. And I remember one of the scenes, and I haven't seen it for years, where they said that they originally programmed everyone to have beautiful, happy lives, but people couldn't adjust to that. So they still kept the like sadness and the oppression. You get used to those chains. You get used to the, it's like the bird that's in a cage often doesn't know it can fly. And we, most of us are creating our own cages and our own burdens, but all of this alien shit is coming to fruition now. And so we're seeing, again, all of these intersecting timelines of consciousness and ideas and spiritual wars. It's legit. It's happening. We've seen so many traditions teach about it. So you're sharing about it. And I'm like, wait, I was taught that maybe we use slightly different language, but I was taught essentially the exact same thing and about Atlantis and all of that. And that's why it's important. Like People should be open to this and people shouldn't get so caught up in the judgment. You know, this year I taught in the beginning of this year that frequency is four. Four is the heart. It's true acceptance, true compassion, true forgiveness of the past. And it's the number that can reset. Mm. And it's the opposite of fear. But the the dark side of the four energy is falling into fear, resentment, anger, hatred. I'm different from you. I hate you. You're voting for this person. Fuck you. And we see this insanity and just that, but also what you said about this ecstatic feeling, or I said ecstasy, but the spiritual teaching, even in the tarot, the full card is we must be inebriated with spirit, and that a true adept, mm-hmm. a true adept is inflamed with spirit and inebriated by spirit. So you know we're high as fuck on life, on we're high on our own supply, and it doesn't run out. And we have to get get in touch with that parts of ourselves because that changes the, the it helps change the planet. The magical work is less about oh I gotta I see the immediate issue that's in front of me that's a problem I have to address it that's important. Okay, faith without works is dead, right? But the spiritual bypassing insanity that just attacks anybody who is also aware of this this is a multi dimensional process happening. Some, I was born more to work in these other dimensions. And in magic, we work, do, I've dedicated my life and so much of the work changes the energy on the astral plane. And when we change the energy in other dimensions, it also has effect on the 3D dimension. And changing things in the 3D has an effect. It's just like you clean up your house, it feels good, your vibe, your psyche, your consciousness starts to move into areas of more prosperity. And a lot of my mission... And like I have the prosperity family and we do prosperity practices and thousands of people all over the world join it and little 40-day uh, little, little practices. But prosperity is really important to me because it allows the opportunity for people to thrive more. And we're supposed to have a planet and we're supposed to have incarnations and spirit and God or this goddess knew it, which is what I really 
prescribed to wants us to have ecstatic, prosperous, wonderful, beautiful lives. Mm-hmm. There's some dark shit trying to take that away. And I'm not going to let it. And the, everyone listening to this, you chose this incarnation now and you chose a very interesting time and we're on the cusp. And I was always taught in magic, we, there's no more fence sitting. Either fucking, you want to fucking stick with the old oppressive ways, then fucking do it. There's a teaching that says the slaves now serve. It's a choice now. Exactly. And you have to jump to the other side and say, draw the line in the sand, jump off that damn fence and say, I'm going to create prosperity. And it has to start within. You can't run around trying to change everybody and you haven't done shit within yourself. And it drives me crazy and I see the darkness. And I had reached out to you too during all of this first protest. I got super attacked online for like not posting enough about what other people's agendas was. And I was like, my agenda is truth and liberation for all mankind, mm. all humankind. That's the magical eon of hearts. That's my grooming. I'm not going to compromise that. And I'm not going to get uh, swept up in the cause of the day. Remember when it was just plastic straws and that was the big, people were so angry about it. (laughs) Like people get caught up. I have to hold, and I really believe you and I have to hold, and many of you and many of you listen have to hold the space. These spiritual teachings have to survive whatever turmoil is happening on the planet. That's why magic's been secret forever. Yep. It's just coming out now. Yep. Exactly. And you know, it's so beautiful. I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember that yeah, you were saying, saying about that. And I'm just like, people were like, you know, Shaman Dirk, you know, you need to post this thing and you need to post this thing if you really care about what's going on and so forth. And even just recently, I had this whole thing with Guru Jagat, you know, and like friends, people coming down on me for being friends with Guru Jagat. And I just said, you know what, darlings? And I just want to share this with you all. I do not get involved in human games. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's just, it's not for me. And, you know, a lot of times maybe people don't understand that I am half reptilian. I'm half reptilian and Andromedian. And I um, come from also very ancient times of magic from the old world. And so, you know, for me, being a reptilian and knowing what the reptilian, what we are and how we're a cluster of consciousness and how we operate on the idea of of, re- of constructing and architecting technology in a way that allows species to be able to expand and see the possibility of that liberation and how we have been, our species has been t- uh, made on planet Earth to be the, uh, a, a species that is taking over. And my girlfriend is also reptilian and we are both from the same uh, realm and that's why we found each other again. And that's what we've, and we we, we sometimes think of, wow, it's so fascinating how we have like David Icke going around telling our, talking about our species doing all these horrible things when that's what the, the, the darkness wants them to think because that's not what we do. That's not, that's not the role of our reptilian nature. And so it's fascinating because we are actually constructors of intergalactic universe um, connectivity of helping people come into a place of full liberation. So we go in and we challenge systems by doing things that make them so uncomfortable so that they come into a space of, 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 of forever and intensity until they explode into releasing all of the chains that they've been bound by. And yet we still get the bad rap. So we laugh about it sometimes in, you know, 
my girlfriend and I, Princess Marta, who loves you dearly. We laugh about it, but you know, because- Please send her my love. I adore her so much. Oh, she loves you. She's like, oh, she said this. The way you just said it is the same way she said it to tell before we came into this. Yes. You know, and the thing is like one of my, one of the things um, when we first met, I said to her, I said, babe, I said, are you ready to disrupt shit? She said, absolutely. Let's, let's, let's shake it up. Let's get ready. Let's pull our reptilian nature out and let's start redesigning and showing people how to be the architects of a new technology and the architects of a new world. That's what reptilians, that's what we do. We're disruptors. Well, I was just going to say, it's interesting too, because astrologically we have Uranus, which is the planet of disruption, change, revolution, and evolution in the sign of Taurus, which is very earthly. And those energies aren't necessarily usually thought of as congruent, but it means that there is a disruption in the way we exist on Earth. And even right now, as we're talking, it's 11-11. Yes. It's probably a good sum up right now. Really powerful. So, you know, I, I'm really, I, I get really excited in just speaking with you. Um, and sharing with you and, you know, because it's very illuminating, illuminating in the way of knowing because you have your knowledge and I have my knowledge, but they, they completely are cohesive and connected. And it's really good for the tribe to hear because we're not, because you and I are at this point right now in our evolution on this planet is we should always say our, our flu evolution, which is our fluid lution, or our, our right? <laughs> it's like plus demanding. <laughs> yes, the, <laughs> I can just saunter into some spiritual transformations here. Yeah, and it's it's nice because you and I aren't holding back anymore. I think that's key, and that's been my personal growth. And I'm like, how much do I want to share? And I just, I see the attacks on spirituality and even our friends. And, you know, people are imploding because they still have a very dated model on spiritual teachers. And it's clear to me that people are still holding on to this worship of a human being mindset. And, you know, I was, I had a teacher most of my life in the magical tradition. No, I will never mention who that is. And I don't know who my teacher's teachers was. And they had a teacher, they had a teacher, they had a teacher, they had a teacher. It's just passed down. So each teacher, the way I was taught, then teaches the teaching, but we all have our own personalities and our own style. And I don't get so caught up, like you said, in the human shit of it all and the human drama. It's like mind boggling. And magic has existed and it's had to go underground and it's been underground because what's more important is that energy field and that chain and that link stays continuous regardless of all the fucking outside shit. The world's at peace. The world's at war. You know, some point Trump will be out of office in, in 12 years from now. There's going to be two new schmucks that are, everyone's like, if you don't vote for this person, I hate you. And it's like, you're just being a sucker for the division. And mm-hmm. I, I really, this is the four year. We still have a few months of this energy and this is supposed to be, I had said, this is the year of forgiveness. And it's still interesting to me, all the issues that have come up so strong front and center. But I, it does, it's a little bit, I don't get too caught up. But it's, And some part of me is saddened to see people get so shook up and people are imploding and um, not living the ecstatic life that they're supposed to. And it's sometimes it's hard. But a lot of the spiritual growth is not as hard as, as everyone somehow is conditioned to make it. But I like what you said 
even like this reptilian concept as an agitator. And, you know, like my teacher in magic was very, what I'd call Saturnian, is very disciplined. My ego is always confronted. And what I was taught is true spiritual teachers never attack you, but they will attack your ego and those false parts of yourself. And we're coming into that energy next year is a five year. And let me tell you, that's energy of getting your ego confronted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you know, I think you told me once that my life path was four. Well, Princess Martha's life path is a four. I think I'll have to look again. I know you're an eight soul, which is a healer. You have fours. The two of you have a lot of fours between you. And those fours really hold a neutral space to allow the world to others around you to really grow. And it's true acceptance. And people aren't accepting ourselves. At the same time, people aren't accepting the oppression on this planet. And so I think I'm seeing it come to fruition in all sorts of different ways. Sure, there's some negative, destructive stuff, but at the same time, people are like, well, fuck this. And if people don't want to be oppressed anymore, I just don't, like, we can't just channel it into one thing. It's the whole thing. It's all of us. We all need liberation now. Mm-hmm. Even you and me, we're, we're growing Absolutely. and we're transforming. And I love how we opened up with the Scorpio nature, Scorpio is transforming and clearing away everything and that it's really the sign of the soul. Oh, can you tell everyone how they can get in touch with you? I love you. We have to do this. I, I love you too. <laughs> um, well, my website is, my name is Remington Donovan. So LeRemingtonDonovan.com. My Instagram is great. And I still do a daily service where I pull a tarot card for the collective every single day. I've been doing it for years. I've never missed a day all over the world. I've done it. Um, and that my Instagram is the mystical arts, but Remington Donovan, if you, you look that up, you'll, you'll find the stuff. And, um, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of private sessions and online workshops and things like that. And I have a Patreon of teaching a lot of esoteric Kabbalah, numerology, tarot, astrology. That's really been growing, but find me on Instagram. You'll figure it out from there. Yeah, and I think also Tribe too. if you really want to uh, really get the full benefit of my brother here, it's really about having the private with him um, so that you can really, because he, when you're private with him, that's when he goes in and really connects with you individually so that he creates the space for you to be able to see all these layers of yourself and, and really get into a deeper understanding of your own divine alchemy. So I really encourage you all to experience that with my brother Remington. I'm so grateful and I'm honored and just super ecstatic and happy and full of love for you and for your family and for all those around you who get to be in the presence of your being um, from the day that we met in Mallorca. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I knew the moment you walked into my hotel room and I was like, oh, yep, I know who it you was are. The exact same thing. And I was like, okay, I wonder... Uh, this guy, like, he seems cool, but the second I saw you, I was like, oh, yeah, that energy is is real, and it's huge, and it's big, and, you know, I love that we're both Scorpios, even though I love all other signs, but you also like Led Zeppelin, and so do I, mm-hmm. so on that connection, but, you know, I am so grateful for you, and even just having these conversations, and I'm so charged, and I just know we're, we're really doing what we can to to help shift this frequency. This is the time. The time is now. Mm-hmm. Thank I love you. you I love you too. Thank you, tribe. 
A Tribe was such an honor and amazing blessing to have the powerful and insightful visionary magic man himself, Remington. You know, I can't tell you when I first met Remington, we were in um, in Spain and uh, he came to my um, hotel room where I was staying at this boutique hotel. And it was really great to to meet him because the moment he walked in, I looked at him and I was like, I know this guy. This is this guy. He's the real deal. He's my bro. And we just immediately connected. And when you, you know, when someone who is as versed as him in the the old arts of, of magic and knowledge and information, you really got to listen to what he's saying so you can get those finer points of things that he's talking about because um, he is a wizard. You know, he really is. He's a true wizard. And I am honored to have him as a friend and to know him, but also to be able to have these conversations with him because I think they're important for us to talk about things that most people don't really talk about in society. And also it's quite enlightening too, if you ask me, to get into these types of conversations with him because, you know, we have different ways of looking at things. I look at things from a very shamanic point of view. He looks at things from the ancient magical point of view of Egypt and all of the ancient schools and so forth and the hermetic laws and all of these different things that he's looking through. And, you know, and, and you can, I really think the best thing to do is to just, you know, connect with him. And it's quite an experience. I, I did a thing with Vanity Fair recently where we, he came and he was a, a documentary a movie uh, that we were doing, um, me and my, um, my beloved. And he did a reading and she walked in the room, she saw him and the things that he said, no one would know those things, only him, because he was able to look behind what was going on in our lives and what was showing up and everything. I mean, the guy has always been such an insightful grace for me. And so I'm really happy that we had a chance to speak. So I do encourage you to, to invite yourself to connect with him on some level when you can. However, Tribe, one of the things that was really important was Horace because, you know, I talk about Horace a lot with, with my family and with my close friends. And, you know, what I love what he said was Horace is moving us to shine the light on these dark times. And a lot of times when people see what's happening in the world right now, they think, oh, my goodness, it's, it's horrible. Like, what is happening to our planet? And then they start getting, you know, sad and depressed and going into all of these really states of fear and lack and limitation and scarcity. And I mean, the list goes on and then you keep looking and more and more on the news. You keep looking at what's happening in the world. You keep listening to what your friends are saying and what this person is saying in the social media world. Before you know it, you are completely spent because you have no more energy because you're so bought into the darkness. And that's what darkness wants right now. That's exactly what darkness wants right now. And it wants you to believe that the darkness is winning by giving you so much of the uncomfortableness that you actually start putting your mind that the darkness is winning. Well, here's an interesting thing. And this is a fun fact, right? And why I love what he said about that is because Horus representing, it's the eye, right? It's, it's shining the light. 
You know, like whenever I want to look at what someone is doing in my life and if they're coming from a place of love or if they really have my best intentions for me and my family and my girlfriend and the kids, whatever, I shine the light of Horus on them. And I see everything they're doing and they can't escape it because Horus's light is like this beacon. It's this powerful beacon, this ray of, of, of light that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, no matter what things you think you're going to do, when you look through the eye of Horus, you can see it all, right? Because the light illuminates everything and it makes it very clear and so whenever i am having difficulties in my life and that type of situation comes up that's the first thing i do is i shine the light of horus onto a situation and i see it very clearly and what i like is what he said is that horus is asking us it's shining the light on this time right now on in the darkness so that we're able to to get this viewpoint of reality that comes in and allows us to see that as much as we want to say this is a very dark time, this is a transformational time. And this is a time for us to be more present in realizing that the light is being illuminated in a way that it hasn't in a very long time. I mean, a lot of the course corrections of things that are taking place on the planet are happening simultaneously. Now, that's a huge shift when you think about it, when it comes to the relativity of change and transformation. Because when we understand the change and transformation, sometimes there's like, you know, you got the Berlin Wall and you've got the, you know, the 9-11 and you've got all these different things that happen. You, you know, you have the Cold War and you have, you know, all these different transitional times that happen with the Vietnam War and the list goes on and on, right? But there were certain movements and certain upheavals that had to happen to get people to start loving and caring and being more present with what's really important versus what's not important. So Horus is shining the light right now because the light is winning, right? And the light's winning because it is illuminating everything. And that's why the darkness is freaking out because the darkness will have to one day turn back into the light, which it was where it came from. And so it, it's literally coming into this space within yourself, right? If we look at it from a self understanding, it's shining the light on everything inside of you that you feel you can't love right? Then shining the light on everybody around you so you can see them clearly and then be able to show up with the light of your being resonating and illuminating. And the reason why I say resonating, meaning making itself known to others, right? By you just being you. Because the moment you walk in any situation, you're either the people who are going to resonate with you are the ones or who don't resonate with you are the ones who actually need to take whatever energy you're bringing. So, so again, you're resonating and you're illuminating. So you're bringing presence to those either who are repulsed by you or those who love you. And then you're illuminating them through your presence. And that's really powerful. And so, you know, right now, if we look at that and we like, and we like the energy that is entering right now in this world, and if we don't like the energy that's entering in this world right now, it doesn't matter. Because at this point in our evolution, we are shifting our perspective and shifting the energy dynamics in a way that the spirits in the universe are like, I don't really care if you don't like what's going on anymore. You guys have, have, have been like little bratty, bratty kids who are so unhappy about how everything was so wonderful and kept looking for the wrong and kept trying to find the wrong and find something that's not right with humanity. 
And the thing is, there's nothing wrong with us as human beings. We just need to learn how to love and how to accept people and leave our opinions to ourselves if it's not supporting the global transformation. And so in order for us to be able to do that, we got to start being nicer people. We got to start being people who are much more aware of each other and aware of how we can leave our footprint or should I say our imprint on life in a beautiful way. So you become the illumination, right? And so the energy that we're looking at here is when, you know, when Remington is talking about going into that chamber and he felt like there was this energy in this chamber that made him feel love and compassion and grace and acceptance and, you know, and, and nurturing But if we were to look at that from the perspective of what's really happening, was it the chamber that did that? Or was there an energy that washed away all the stuff that didn't matter and brought him back to the pureness state of what is really in him and what is really present there when you get rid of all the muck, all the grime? And all that stuff that we tr- we hold on to, so we can be righteous about it, and be and 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 then stake claim in that righteousness by proclaiming our safety and our need to be right by utilizing that as a, a, as a tool for grounding. So so many people on the planet are grounding themselves in righteousness and the need to be right over another person instead of realizing that it's not about right. It's not about I'm right over you or you're right over me. It's about are we adapting with love and the quality and the nature of humanity? Are we adapting to nature? Are we adapting to the planet? Are we adapting to what is taking place? Or are we fighting our own selves, which in fact is us fighting creation, right? And so the energy of that washing is the understanding that those energies are already inside of you. Compassion, love kindness, giving, right? Openness, acceptance, grace, beauty, creativity, passion, excitement, right? All of those things, bliss, all of those things exist inside of you. And when we get into understanding the the, 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 the balance of that in, our, in, in who we are, that's when we get rid of and go, wait a second, why am I fighting life and fighting people and fighting myself when all creation wants to do is for me to be happy, joyful, and blissful. And that's what I love when he started talking about the goddess, you know, because talking about the goddess knew it. And I think that's important because a lot of times we always associate our creator as a god, but we don't acknowledge the goddess. And, you know, the goddess knew it is about the energy of life and ecstasy. So living our life to, to, for ecstasy, not living our life so we can buy a new Ferrari or have a new, you know, house that is, you know, fabulous or whatever it is. And it's okay to have those things, but that shouldn't be the reason why you choose to live. You shouldn't choose to live so that you can just have stuff you can show off to a bunch of people. You should live because you want to be a reflection of ecstasy. You want to be a reflection of joy. You want to be a reflection of pleasure on the planet which we don't have enough of because we're constantly being oppressed by systems that want us to be afraid of our own selves and afraid of our own creator, afraid of our, each other and afraid of nature, afraid of everything. And with fear, 
right? With fear, as you know, comes a lot of other issues, right? Because the idea is if we're going to walk around and be constantly afraid of everything, right? Then we're not going to be able to create because the conclave of energy would retract back to us and make us go inward, not to the state of inwardness, which we require, which is to know thyself, and to be aware of the many different multidimensional expressions of ourselves, but the inward of concaving onto ourselves and limiting our light and our expression from being seen and expanded through the nature of our being and why we're even created because of our own experience of life has a unique imprint that is necessary and needed on this planet or you wouldn't be here, right? So, That being said, we have to really be okay with and be and be and be functional with the idea that we are these illumined beings already, and that anything that is limiting that is because we're not choosing to live a life of ecstasy. We're choosing to be held in suppression and oppression, which we talked about sexual oppression, which is a huge thing, but sensual connection to bliss needs to be at the cornerstone of society, not from the place of you know, uh, sexual promiscuity, but from the place of Uh, From the place of, I am operating as a sensual being, aware of the nature of your being and the nature of, of, of animals and of, of the natural environment. And also because of my sensuality, I'm able to connect with you in a more deeper, more authentic way, which gives me the ability to show up and be present. So we get to move ourselves out of that space and you know when i when we were ta- when he was talking about this this understanding of bowing when he was going through the temples and you know um and going through the chem- temples and um realizing that hey wait a second i'm bowing down as i'm walking through here why would they build it like that for one right is it the idea of reminding you that the body itself, the physical form, always needs to be in a state of reverence? Being in a bow of reverence in these days, being it, it allows you to recognize that it's it's about the bow because the spiritual nature of your being knows what is necessary for you to move and thrive through any anything. But it's the physical aspect, the mental aspect that is the challenge, right? That's the eternal fight with the self. And at this time, we really need to know how to bow to the earth and bow to God, not in a place of fear, but in a place of reverence and thankfulness and gratefulness, right? Because we've been very ungrateful to our sacred blessings of life. We have been able to have so many beautiful things show up for us, but we're always unhappy and we're always complaining and we're always looking for the the not so great thing or we're looking for the wrong and we're looking for the bad. We're not enjoying things as we should. And this is giving us an opportunity to recognize that enjoyment and fulfillment of spirit comes when the physical self literally bows in place of reverence, respect, honoring, surrender, and trust. And so when we get into that space, that's why I love when he was talking about that, because 
We're at a point right now which we have been such a disruption of balance on the planet. And to move out of that place, we need to move into true humbleness, which means that we have to be able to start treating ourselves and the planet and not hiding from ourselves and not hiding from each other, but treating each other as sovereign beings of light. We must be in reverence at this time for change to truly take place. We are sent here for a greater purpose, you know, and we're talking about a lot of those aspects, you know, it's important for us to, to erect magic on the planet again, because magic is the, it's the, it's the technology of the soul. It is the, it is the literally the, the, it's, it's the, it's the wand of, of creation. It is the ability to make God greater than what God is. Right. And that's why we're created because the, the great thing about God, right. And I don't know if you've ever heard this, but this is something I'll share with you from shamanic understanding. So through all my studies and all the things I've learned and experienced and witnessed and observed and been a part of and, and, and been against and all of it, right? I found this key understanding that creation creates us so that creation can be eternal and omnipresent and omnipotent, meaning that creation wants to always improve itself to other new forms of realities and ways of quantum experiences and expressions. So the more we are expressing our limitlessness, the greater and more powerful God becomes. Take a moment with that because it may not sit in with everyone right away, but I'm I'm telling you, if you think about that for a second and you think about that, God is not this fixed energy. And that energy is not fixed. And yet we think it is. So we think energy is fixed and it has its own mechanism the same way we would think our heart regulates and, um, you know, and pumps blood through our system and so forth and so on. Let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's, let us look at it from a place of it's not fixed and it actually comes to life when we actually consciously are aware of it and bring energy to it. So the understanding of that is that the more and more we actually focus on this time being the most amazing time ever, regardless of what's happening because it interferes with our normal, what we think is normal, a way of living, right? Then we actually learn how to become true evolutionists and we actually learn how to step into a different space of reality of what creation is. And so, so when we are in that space, we're able to truly bring the, the deeper, more profound ways of thinking to simplify our lives from the toxins, from the chaos, from the war, from the destruction, from the, the decimation of ourselves, the planet and the animals to a place of thriving, right? And when I spoke to the horsemen of petulance, and he told me by the eve of the second sun, right, which is the end of next year going into the other year. Basically, you know, when I asked the horseman of petulance, why is this happening? said that people called the horseman of petulance by collective order. You know what collective order is in, this, in, 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 in my way of speaking? Collective order means that human beings collectively called in this time so that we could move the shift of that which is actually not in alignment and that which needs to be in alignment. And what is alignment? Love, caring, nurturing, 
right? Generosity, all of these things. And so when Remington is talking about this time being the 444 plague of frogs, which I don't know if you remember in the story of Moshe and when Moses went to confront Ramsey, with the context needing to say only the fit, right? The, to be fit, the unfit shall be thrown into the into discard. Not saying that you're being discarded, but those who are not in alignment to bringing or have the ability to choose to bring love into the planet can go home to heaven. You, you're free to leave. Like you can go. And if you, and here's the way to do it. And the spirit will guide you right to it. Right. And so it's, I'm not trying to be morbid or, or, or make you uncomfortable, but what I am sharing with you is this, is that our whole system has been built on glamour. The whole idea of our system has been built on this rewarding process like we treat animals, this domesticated way in which we actually reward ourselves for the good or for that which we follow the rules or attend to that which other people say without really getting to know who we are at the essence of our being. And so those who are not willing to find that out, those who are not willing to make a connection with God and spirit and, and, and get themselves out of the mindset of oppression and, and dominion that, this, that the certain systems of this world want, they're going to find it difficult to move through this time because, and they're going to perish. Not because God's punishing you, not because you're a bad person. It's just because you are not choosing to want to evolve with the planet. We can't keep going against earth. We're never going to overthrow Gaia, it's always going to be the opposite, right? So Gaia is either going to be like, hey, either roll with me or get off of me. And that's where we're at right now in our evolution. And so, and when I was talking about us realizing what the darkness and what these other beings are doing, we must be empowered resource, which is beyond the value of money. However, more of skill to assist the people. And what I mean by that is that we as human beings have to be empowered resources beyond the value of money. Meaning we don't gain skill because of just because we want to make money. We gain skill so we can help our brothers and sisters. And that gives us the ability to truly understand how to make, because, you know, this is Earth's final galactic stance to keep the realm of the universe in the frequency of love, in the frequency of life. It's our last chance of freedom. We have the ability to usher freedom on this planet. When you hear Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King say, let freedom ring, he's not talking about it just based on um, what's happening with the people. He's talking it on a deeper, more profound global scale. Let freedom ring. And I just really want us to anchor that in in when we decide to focus our attention on something. So the degree of takeover right now is serious. So instilling fear in each other or buying into fear is a virus that scrambles our human technology, meaning our, op our operative intelligence. So we have to move beyond that. Right. Because as Remington says, you know, laziness is what's showing up and that's what we need to move out of. So lazy progression of, of, of this understanding of this progression of laziness comes from the oppressive self that is easily easy put into laziness by a system that just simply gives us more reasons to oppress ourselves by getting caught up in chaos and, and distraction and nonsense. And it's how it traps us. So in order for us to come out of it, we have to be willing to create a new understanding of mindset. We have to rise. We, we have to rise out of resentment and anger. And we have to fortify ourselves in a neutral place and really understand to erect the towers of the physical, the emotional, 
the mental and the spiritual so that we can become the fifth element and be able to move through this time with grace. Think about that. I really enjoyed this conversation with Remington. I love you, tribe. I've created the Healing Temple because people all over the world want and need healing, but don't have the access to those healers or can't afford them. One of the biggest high-ticket items in the world today is remote healing, but some sessions cost hundreds to even thousands of dollars. And for only $10, the Healing Temple is a collective space for people to come together every Friday for 30 minutes. Participants are opening a wellspring of abilities, alleviating stress and brain fog, where the mind becomes more optimized and performance-based, and where you learn to utilize energy to up-level your consciousness. The Healing Temple also helps to break down walls where you begin operating in awareness of wellness, feeling ambitious and inspired like things are really changing in your life. Inside the Healing Temple, you're also stepping into a world where you might experience phenomenons that you thought wasn't possible. Something as small as a chill or the hair standing on the back of your neck becomes like an opening door. Some members have even said they've experienced increased psychic abilities and that these sensations have intensified with following sessions. I've trained my powers to impact change and I've learned how to get results. Who doesn't want to feel good? The Healing Temple is not only beneficial to you, but also to those around you. Because when you're feeling good, you shine that positive energy onto others. Your partner, your children, co-workers, even your dog or your cat. Everyone around you begins to feel better because you are feeling better. It's a rippling effect that's much needed on this planet. We need the Healing Temple more than ever right now because of all that's happening in the world, the social political structures, calamities, chaos, and feelings of hopelessness and despair. The social climate is on high and this pressure cooker is taking a negative toll on how many of us feel. The Healing Temple offers comfort on a global level because when more people are feeling good, the more kindness, generosity, and realness is generated. For only $10, I invite you to become part of the community that seeks to do good, to feel good, and to make this world a better place. Go to shamandurek.com and click the Healing Temple to join our wellspring of healing, restoration, and elevated consciousness. See you in the temple. Thank you so much for tuning in to Ancient Wisdom Today podcast. Tribe, I love you all so much. And if you want to stay connected, be sure to check me out on IG at Shaman Durek. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please visit shamandurek.com or contact info at shamandurek.com to learn more. And remember, Tribe, no matter what, stay lit. <laughs>